Okay, everybody ready? Let's begin, shall we? I'm ready. Let's do it right now, right here. I'm kidding, but not really. Let's do this. I'm setting the example. And what I've done is going to be puzzled over and studied and followed forever. We are simply passing through history. This, this is history. This is history, man. Hey, welcome to the greatest songs ever brought to you by the Cousins. About a round of applause for everybody here this evening. Yeah. All right. You are witness to a, uh, an effort that was not without controversy, disdain, angst, people screaming at each other, and uh, multiple cousins and friends trying to determine the 20 greatest, uh, 100 greatest songs of all time. And uh, we have the list here. Are you folks ready? Are you ready? So any questions before we get about criteria? You need to be on a microphone. Go ahead, John. This is John O'Neill. Um, a career am. of listening to music and enjoying music. Dave, uh, you know, I just hope that the listeners have half as much fun because I know I'm going to have twice as much fun as, as what? they are. So. I know. Hey, Dave, I have a question. My name yes. is John O'Neill. <laughs> Not a live podcast. Recorded live. By the way, we're here in Nashville, one of the uh, iconic music cities in the United States. George Dufflin, your experiences so far here in Smashville. I actually had a wonderful time bowling this morning, and one of my friends from Massachusetts commented, you went all the way to Nashville to bowl? So my response was, this bowling alley had a pool, so I went in a pool afterwards. It was wonderful. There you go. There you go. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you, Dave. Let's have a, a round of applause for George uh, Thank you. Uh, Adam Yaz, all the way from uh, the West Coast, San Francisco. Um, a lifetime of music, a career in music. Um, what are your thoughts as we begin this journey? Um, I'm just thinking that I need to take my medication for my, uh, for my stomach problem. <laughs> Before this whole thing gets started, that's re that's really all I'm that's really all I'm thinking about. Um, I have some naproxen here, and I have uh, some omeprazole. So I'm ah! I'm ready to go, rock and roll. <laughs> that's rock and roll. Um, chicks, booze, and the proper medication to make sure your bowels are in good order. All right, we also that's got Mike right. O'Neill here, Jonas Driscoll. We got Eric Claprud. The family's all here. It's a family affair. It's Cousin Fest 18. Should we begin? Yes. Should we begin? All right. So uh, the, the mics are. 
All right. The way this is going to work is I have a person. The um, votes are in. We started with nominee phase. We whittled it down to 125 songs that were voted on on a scale of one through six, six being super, super classic, but you could only use the six vote three times. So most uh, you voted one through five. Uh, there are seven participants here live and a few lame people that didn't make it to Cousin Fest. Cousin Fest, 12 voters total. And uh, we're going to count down the top 20 because we frankly don't have the time or the patience to do all 100. But I'm not even going to tell you what, is, what happens, you know, uh, number 21 through 100 because I want to keep you in suspense. You see what I did there? All right. Everyone's got to sign one song. So let's, um, let's start this off. And uh, with number 20... And I invite uh, Adam Yaz to a microphone. Give him a hand, guys. So, um, Adam, you think of calling you up here to introduce song number 20. But in fact, there is a tie for number 20. Um, and therefore, you're actually going to speak to and give us your thoughts on song number 21, and song number 21 sounds like this. How about you want me to talk while, while, while it's fine? Uh, if you like, sure. Sorry. All right, so this is, this is, uh, Cashmere, this is Cashmere, Led Zeppelin, right? Yeah, Cashmere, um, indicative of that majestic quality of Led Zeppelin, definitely something that if you're thinking of Led Zeppelin taking you away to uh, a, a place very far away and over the hills, um, <laughs> this is a song that that is that is very representative of what they brought to the table. And um, I didn't vote for it. Yeah, you d I think you did. Yeah. I think you, I think you gave it a five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might have just given it a four. I don't know. I needed somebody to introduce the song, so. Um, but you, you know, in in terms of in terms of Led Zeppelin being represented, I think um, I would probably go no, with something like a whole, whole lot of love. But this, uh, it's that thumping John Bonham rhythm. Oh, let the sun beat down upon my face. Um, plants vocals. It's uh, it's a winner. It's I guess winner. I gave it a five. Number yeah. you did give it a five. Number twenty-one uh, tie for twenty and twenty-one, but. Um, Cashmere lost the tiebreaker. The whole song, what? And uh, other thoughts? Uh, my thought is that it's a great song, but um, Zeppelin had a lot of great songs. So I'm just going to go with that. All right. Go ahead. You, we need Eric, you need to get up to a microphone, please. This is David, Eric Clapper, everyone. Yeah. Dave? Is this on? <laughs> it strikes me that um, Cashmere, might, I suspect it might be the longest song. This is a long song. Is this the longest song in the top 20? Pardon me while I pause it. Uh, Cashmere, uh, I already, let's see. Do you have the timestamp for each song? Great question. Let's look it up. Hold on a sec. Do, 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 do. Cashmere comes in at uh, eight minutes and thirty-seven seconds. Wow, great call, Eric. I got to imagine it is the longest. Yeah, longer than Stairway. I got to imagine. I think it is right. Longer than Stairway to Heaven. 
And uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't point out that this song has a spot in popular culture in a classic comedy movie. Who knows it? Um, Cashmere. Everyone's staring uh, at me with blank eyes right now. Oh, it's I'll give you a hint. It was a, uh, a, a slimy dude who was giving a younger dude advice on what to do on the first date, and it involved this song. Fast Times? There you go. Very good. Who, Adam, was that you? That was Adam. All right. Thank you. Yes, um, and what happens in Fast Times? What happens in the movie? All right, you know what? Never mind. Go Let's move movie. on. Number 20. So we're up to a song that is uh, number 20 on the list. It is, it, it w- is and will be a source of some um, controversy. And uh, I'm going to speak to this song. And here's song number 20. So, of course, Piano Man by Billy Joel, and it's, um, I think, too low on this list. I, I think, um, I mean, you guys will obviously hear what comes 19 through 1, but um, the uh, whether, whether you dig this song like as the best Billy Joel song or not, it's a signature song. It's, it's, it's I guess, semi-autobiographical for Billy Joel. But to me, it, it's everything that a classic song should be. It reminds you of the artist. It reminds you of how great the artist is. It's, um, it it's, has an unmistakable open with those sort of uh, empty, dull piano chords that he hits. And you know immediately, and then you hear the harmonica kick in, and you know this is Billy Joel. And I love this song. I, ga- I gave it a, let's see. I don't know if I gave it a super vote, but I definitely gave it a five. Um, piano Man. Um, let's see. A- any other thoughts on Piano Man? Any other panel would like to weigh in? Well, I think, you know, the conversation that we were having mm-hmm. earlier, the elephant in the room, is is mm-hmm. how do you weight these songs? Are you trying to represent the bands? Are you trying to represent the songs? Are you trying to, um, to represent the, the greater opinion of these songs? And right. you get swayed in all these different directions. And if, if you're going to pick a Billy Joel song, you're going to pick Piano Man. You're not going to pick... You know, moving out. So hopefully Matt, my brother, and Adam's brother, Matt Yaz, is listening because he will become a villain in the course of discussing this. Piano Man, the votes. Let's see. Well, just, just to get into the weeds a little bit on this one song. George Devlin says, five, absolute classic. Jeff Yaz says, great song, a four. Uh, Scott O'Neill, uh, uh, sort of doubting Thomas Jr. In, in, this, um, in this saga, says, only two, good but not great. Uh, John O'Neill said, very good, three. Uh, my buddy Milt said, four, great. Uh, other votes went five, five, four, five, five, five. I won't read them all. Matt Yaz, one. Does not belong on the list. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Piano man. Yeah. Matt, Matt was hoping for a matter of trust to make the top yeah. 20. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, f- fucking save a prayer makes it. And um, It's a good song, though. Yeah, I know, but it's no Piano Man. It's no John at the Bar is a friend of mine, you know? All right. Enough about Piano Man. We move on to number 19. All right, quiet down, Billy. Thank you. For number 19, uh, I'd like Mikey O'Neill to have a um, microphone nearby. Um, 
And I think this one is one that everyone. Come on, Thomas Dolby. Number 19. All right, it's the boss. The boss. Mikey, your thoughts on Born to Run? You know, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Springsteen's great. I think we were talking about this today. It's probably not one of my top 20 Springsteen songs, but I'm a really big fan. So uh, hopefully he's represented somewhere else on the list. Probably not. Because most of you jabronis only know Born to Run from Bruce Springsteen. That's right, yeah. Jabronis. I didn't say Jew-bronies. I said jabronis. Are you guys hungry? Jew eat? You can Jew? Jew eat? So, uh, Did you just say Jew eat? Jew eat? I distinctly heard him. He said Jew eat. Yeah. Um, so great so tune. What, yeah, Bruce? We, lo- we, we love Springsteen. Great yeah. tune. So Bruce says another one, the Matt Yaz assault will continue as he also gave this song a one. And if, if you know, you can imagine, so like uh, Piano Man, Cashmere, um, actually Born to Run and Babble, all these songs got right around 48 points as we move up. If, if you got 40 points, you're, well, all, you're, you're almost cracking the top 10. So in other words, two points separated like, all this. So if Matt had, if Matt, <laughs> uh, and I'll stop myself out of Matt now, but if he had just said that those two songs were, um, uh, you know, so Dave, very, I, I, think you've, I think you've convinced us, and yep. especially since Matt um, had the sniffles and couldn't make the trip. I know. But is there a way to quickly reorganize this list <laughs> without, without Matt. Matt's vote? A little bit of spreadsheet magic, and maybe that'll be our next podcast, the, the non-Matt countdown. All right. Let's move on. We are up to number uh, 18, and I would like to invite Jonas to grab a microphone. You answer your phone yeah. or no, no. do the podcast? I can get back okay. to them. All right. Here we go with song number 19. <laughs> <laughs> oh! the, the theme to NCIS? <laughs> So Jonas, you gave this—you didn't give this as a super quote, but you gave this a five classic song. Yes, I think it deserves it. Okay, tell us why. Um, because Michael Neal has never heard of the Who, and we might need okay. to convince him. It's this band from Britain. Well, that's—it's—I <laughs> would say it's the Who's signature song. Um, it has—it has some the great um, keyboard by uh, Pete Townsend, which was. Interestingly made, he actually had, had this keyboard that he programmed certain parameters into mathematically, and then it spit out what you hear in the song. Is that is, true? Yes, that's true. Are you sure that's not Walker that Fuld he, again? He, he, he named it after two musicians. Bob O'Reilly. I heard Baba and Terry O'Reilly, which was two. two he named it after Terry O'Reilly Terry from O'Reilly. the Bruins? Yeah, famous, yeah, he did. Famous, actually, famous no-helmet Bruins player. Yeah. No, wait. No, but seriously. No, he named it Baba after... Baba and O'Reilly are the names of other musicians? Meher Baba. Uh-huh. And I forget the guy's first well, name. I picked the right guy to talk o- about o- this o- song. O'Reilly. It's just good producing. O- anyway, he, he, was, he was a just huge like Elton fan John of, of Meher Baba. And he actually... I think he actually took, like, the guy's birthday and just sort of information about him and somehow plugged it into the keyboard and... 
in terms of rhythms mm -hmm. and and notes and that and it spit out the song. Any anyway, the the, the point is is We're I with you. The point is you just made the whole thing up? No. No. All right, so Jonas has a very serious it's look on his face. I, I, so. I stand by it. Okay. Because I'm Go the ahead. only one in the room that actually seems to have looked into this yeah. and, and found some information. The rest of you schmugs are, are, are free to actually, to actually look up information about the history of songs and figure them out. Anyway... Yeah, it's uh, I, I I always love I always love the song, and I'll stand by my vote. Okay, thank you, Jonas, for that moving speech. No, there, seriously, thank you. Well done, Jonas. Just will give me a hand. And Jonas, stay on the microphone because in just a uh, scheduling anomaly here, you will also comment on the next song. This is song number. 17. Wait, hold on. Let's do the fanfare and really do it right. Song number 17. I'm actually surprised, Dave. Can I talk? Yeah, you That this is this is so low on the list. Really? Yeah. I think I think this was one of my sixes. Was it not? Let me uh, confirm that. Uh, yep. This is this receive your super vote. You were the only one that picked uh, a number six for a day in the life. Okay. That that that's fine. Not that not that uh, you were alone in loving the song. Although Scott because Scott O'Neill says one does not <laughs> on the list. Uh, because I. Go ahead, Jonas. I always thought of this as, uh, you know, similar to Baba O'Reilly. You know, it's just one of the Beatles' signature songs. It's it's. That's a I, bold I, I, statement. I, I consider I consider it one of their. Yeah. I think it's us signature well, songs. Well, I, sure. right. I know I know Hey Jude has got a big reputation, but I, I think it's ten times the song of Hey Jude mm -hmm. in many ways. I think, like in, in some of some of the Jude greatest fans. The, I mean, the greatest bands are a collaboration between two great musicians and composers, mm -hmm. and the Beatles was a very good example of that. And this song is a very good example of Lennon and McCartney working perfectly in, in an excellent way together, because they didn't always do that. A lot of times they worked at odds with each other. Now it still came out with great music, but here they worked in harmony. Now I do, you, uh, do you agree, Adam? Let's hear what Adam has to say. Pat, you're off. You're not on the microphone. I can't hear you. Microphone. Microphone. Sorry, you were talking, Dave. I'm sorry. No, no, I wasn't. Yeah, I want to hear what you have to say. Go ahead. No, there were there were Lennon-driven songs. There were McCartney-driven songs. This was a Lennon and McCartney-driven song. If you could argue that it was it was sort of equal parts. Uh, uh, you can't have the darkness of the John sections without the levity of the McCartney sections. It gave it a a, a nice, well-rounded presentation. Um, right. And. And I'm actually upset that I that I uh, took it down from a six like I did. <laughs> you must have given it a five. It was a six, and um, then I changed it last minute. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. So, um, to me, this is this absolutely belongs on the list. I don't know if it belongs higher or lower, but I'm glad it's here. To me, it's everything that's great about the Beatles because it's got certain parts like 
This part here is what you might call catchy. You know, it's got a, just a nice, a nice rhythm and nice melody. But it also had the, for lack of a better words, the section we just heard earlier, which is kind of the car crash. Uh, it sounds like a car uh, about to, you know, run you over and impending doom and darkness and all that, which is this haunting sound that I can't think of a band now that that pulls that off. Can can anyone think of a band that pulls off a sound that is sort of dark and haunting in a in a way that isn't hackneyed? You got one? You, you, everyone's drawing silence. Anyone? All right. Is everybody happy? What? Go ahead. What I do, what I do want to just piggybacking on that is, there was that was the song that, when I heard it, it was the first time that I had that kind of visceral, uh, almost frightened reaction when it came. Yeah, on. it was. And as I, a, as I was a young Beatles fan, there were moments where you were scared listening to the music, and, right? And, Legitimately. And that was, yeah. That was a seminal moment for me in my. Yeah my fandom of music was being in my living room with with the chimney and the you know you guys nobody else knows what i'm talking about <laughs> the stairwell and he that big and dave, living room dave, that we had, you yeah. played the song for me okay and it was the and i had never felt what i felt um listening to a day in the life and it actually had a big effect on on the music that i chose to um to get involved with after that yeah. The rest of my life. So that's that was a really big moment listening to that song. For Dave, the first I time. wanted to chime in. Now, Go ahead, John O'Neill. Now this may be a stretch, but the different sound effects that are utilized in the song we're talking about, there are other songs in pop music that have utilized sound effects. You sure. Know, Detroit Rock City by Kiss. <laughs> it's a fair comparison. I mean, there is. If, if, if you listen to that's a great story song, and and there are you know sound effects. Also, Roxy Music, Love is a Drug, utilizes some sound effects at the beginning and toward the very end. Again, not a day in the life, but... I think Roxy Music might be a better comparison than better comparison. Kiss. Um, I think it may be something like... I'm not a huge Coldplay guy, but certain Coldplay songs, I think, have that sort of haunting um, sound to it. Or, or maybe even a Radiohead song. I need, I, I need Eric on the microphone, please, because this is going to be an astute point, I can tell. Go ahead. Yeah, so Motley Crue with Girls, Girls, <laughs> Girls has a motorcycle, which which I think needs at least a little bit of credit to be given. It's true. In one of Eminem's songs, he makes a fart noise like this. <laughs> you know. um, but but in, in, in all sincerity, I, I, I agree with, with basically what, what you're saying, yep. is the, the, the drama of the song. And, That's and, a good and, way of putting and to it. This, yeah. to, to this, and, and there's a story to the song. And... Which which is kind of ambiguous. It's not even clear what really ha is going on. Um, the lyrics are extremely well written, but even today, listening to the song, it's it's creepy, you know. Agreed. Because you know, why did he blow his mind out in the car, and what happened? Who yeah. was he? Who was he? Who was he? Was he? Was not, that we're not even. You know, there's so much Billy that we don't know. Billy Shears. Do you right. know? Do you know that? Um, I was brought up by um, Beatles heads who, like, I'm my music teacher. Mr. Ford. Adam, did you have Mr. Ford for music? Yeah, no? Now, now he used to teach... Now the police right, chief of, of Sharon. Is he police. the police chief now? Yeah, he just became the chief oh, of last I should month. know that. He, he taught us about the Paul is Dead clues on all the Beatles albums and, just to, and told us the myth, uh, the myth was that a guy named Billy Shears came in and was a lookalike for Paul McCartney and replaced Paul McCartney after he had died in a car crash. And in, in, according to like this guy who was a Beatles head and loved those Beatles clues, if you listen to the lyrics of A Day in the Life, there are... Things like that. He blew his mind on in the car. And then elsewhere on Sgt. Pepper, you hear the Beatles sing Billy Shears. Um, let's see, what is that on? A little help from my friends. Yeah. 
Billy Shears. Yeah. Right before a little yeah, help from my friends. Yeah. Right. Is it too loud on the it's coming out too loud here? This? Hello? Hello? Okay, should we move on? Testing, testing. See if I don't do that. Some, if you're not, I can hear you. Your voice is being recorded nicely. Although I'm gonna have to clean this up because there's a lot of dead air, and by dead air I mean you guys talking. Okay, uh, I think number 15 may surprise a few people. I wouldn't have guessed that this song was gonna make the list, but somehow it snuck through. And George Devlin is going to be the one. That, oh, wait, hold on. Let me make sure. George, we want to hear no, from you. No, no. George, you're on deck. Sorry. Okay. Adam's George, up. George, we don't want to hear from you. Adam Yaz is up with number 16, which, by the way, I'm not surprised about this song being it. It's the next one. Haven't so I said sorry enough. about that. So you got a teaser. Adam Yaz. <laughs> Some would argue um, you would. Now that I've eaten the uh, uh, gummy bears filled with marijuana, it might get even worse. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, America. <laughs> Did you take the whole one, George? Okay, here we go. With I said take a half. There's still one for me, right? Yeah, We're up to number 16. Number 16. <laughs> again, again, we're, we talk about representing artists on this list. If you're gonna pick a Stevie Wonder song, it's the quintessential Stevie Wonder song. Um, is it his best? I guess. Uh, <laughs> does it belong on I the would list? Argue, yeah, I, I mean, sure, he belongs somewhere on the list. Right, but, right, right. Um, I could name five songs that I like just as much as uh, Superstition. I um, yeah, I would argue it's not his best song, but I guess it is his signature song, right? Can, can I say something it's about the song? You may, Jonas. Go. Um, this song basically. Had, had a huge influence on bringing funk to America, and like a after after the song came out, everyone was using that that keyboard. It was a keyboard called the Honer Clavinet. By the way, Stevie Wonder played every instrument on this song and wrote everything. Yes, I, I tend to research information about songs that I really like, George. <laughs> oh snap! That round goes to Jonas Driscoll. Go ahead. And he, he played it on his yes, as you, you, episode. You guys need to go talk this over at, at a barbecue place. <laughs> so go ahead, Jonas. Yeah, tell us more. Um, yeah, I, I thought I, I, I always I could hear it a thousand times, and I still love that refrain. That the, the, that, that funky, keyboard refrain. Yeah, this funky keyboard line or hook or whatever you want to call it is. It's so familiar, it's unmistakable, it's, um, you know it's Stevie, you know it's funky, and it just makes you want to sort of start to like, dance in your seat or whatever, you know? But there's, there's also a, a meaning to this song. He's, 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 basi he's basically talking about people who just believe things very strongly that they don't have really good, a good reason to believe. He's, he's like, why, never he's basically saying to people, why, why are you believing in all these silly things? You shouldn't like, believe in all this. It, like religion, like that's what will come to mind for me. You believe in things you can't. No, understand. well, if no. if you if you listen to the song, it's not. Yeah, it's not religion. Yeah. Fine, it's well, whatever. What is it then? No, I'm I'm sure I'm not. The being 13 month old baby, you know. What does that mean? I actually don't know what that means. Uh, uh, pe people who are 
people who are afraid of the number 13 because they're superstitious. Oh, okay. Yeah. So are you saying the, the song Superstition refers to people who are superstitious? <laughs> It, it's such a stretch, right, but... I'm done, Dave. Thanks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Started so strong, didn't he, everybody? Yeah. No, okay, I, appreci I appreciate your insight, Jonas. No, I do, too. I, we do, I just got silly at the end there. Jonas, you did well. You're saying that this song is about whether or not one should vaccinate their child, correct? At 13 months old. At 13 months. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know what he's saying. George Devlin. Here we go. We are up to song number 15. Bring it on. Oh, my God. Such a great song. Let's hear it. Did you think it was gonna? I think it was gonna be this high. I gotta be honest. I think it's a great choice. It, it, what I music for me just represents my life. So I hear this song and I immediately go back to the '70s when I first heard it on the radio. Um, Making out with some chick in the back well, seat of a Camaro. I, I hate to I hate to disappoint you, but I was actually studying to be a priest. But that that's no. beside the point. <laughs> Studying to be a priest in the backseat of a Camaro. There you go. Oh, there okay. you go. All right. So what? 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 What really can I say about this song? I mean, the, it, every song on that album was phenomenal. I mean, this was the huge hit. I, it's iconic. Yep. I, I, there's not much more I can say. Good. Adam, yes. This yep. song has wide-reaching influence in that the style of the riff that is played in the chorus is the inspiration for smell for the riff and smells like teen spirit. And is that true? Kurt Cobain has, has is on record as to saying all I all I was doing was playing more than a feeling plugged in. I did not know that. That's amazing. Yeah, so you know, when you're thinking about how important these songs are, these are these are important factors. Well, it's what I say to people sometimes who question sampling of like hip hop uh, hip hop songs and other hip hop songs or sampling of rock songs and hip hop songs. And it's like, you're just stealing somebody else's song. And it's like, no, so much of art is derivative. And what you just said, I think most rock most rock critics would probably put Smells Like Teen Spirit ahead of this song, More Than a Feeling. And if that's arguable, and I think it's certainly you can argue with a straight face, then the better song was the song that ripped off the first song. Adam's nodding. You have to talk in order for it. Okay, yes. there you go. All right. No, I was speaking with John about Elvis and, and how he's criticized for stealing uh, the music of of the black man, and um, I feel that that's what music is, 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 is stealing from what you love. And he, and he loved the blues, and he loved gospel, and he loved country, and he threw it all in a blender, and he sh shook his hips. All, all right, uh, Adam, you can actually stay on the mic, because you're next, I think, hold on, let me confirm, for number four. <laughs> Mike's, Mike's happy about me being on the mic. I'm trying to be a bridge. Everybody gets three turns on the mic so don't worry Mikey yours you wait Mikey did you go yet you know what Mikey I, I screwed up you were supposed to talk about Born to Run you want to talk about it now oh you did okay oh then I didn't screw up okay good okay um 
Uh, yeah. I need more Maker's Mark. Somebody good. No, I'm just. Nah, <laughs> not literally, George. Although, yeah, you know what? I could use a little more. Um, thank you, George. So, yeah, number Adam, yes, the, is the person that's going to talk about number 14. I'm having a lot of fun. Just. All right, we have all too many sounds going on here. All right, let's, re, let's rejigger here. Number 14. Interesting. 14? This is 14, yeah. All so, right. say, so, so yeah, Day in the Life came in at 17. Let it be. 14. Okay. See, I was troubled by this. This was one of my my super classics. It was. That's why and I it chose it. And, I, and it, I replaced the Day in the Life with Let It Be based on the fact that I felt more attached to this song as a 40-year-old man. Uh, than a day in the life. I feel like a day in the life was a really big part of my life for my 20s and 30s, and now I've arrived at a place where some, for some reason, let it be, has an emotional effect on me more so than a day in the life. So you ask me what my super classics are 10 years from now, I'll it'll, probably, yeah. it'll probably be more aligned with uh, Jonas. <laughs> or somebody else. You're right. No, no, I'm not, I'm not no, saying. But but I actually think that's not to get too philosophical here, but it's a fascinating point because the question is like if you're if you're um, you know 100 top songs were this when you're you know 30 years old, but then when you're 40 years old they're different. It's like well did the song change? No, you changed. I changed. You changed, and you learn things, and you're yes. in a different spot in your life, and different things speak to you. Yeah, and I said I said I, this to my so friend sure. to my friend Tim recently because I've I'm. I'm obsessed with, with the band Rush now, and he is so hung up on the stigma that Rush is for other people other than, than himself. And I said, I encourage you to listen to bands that may have slipped through your fingers based on the fact that you, you cast them aside as a 19-year-old and you never revisited them, and you're a different person now. Maybe they'll align exactly with what you're thinking now, your emotional status, your, your experiences, and... He looked at me and he was really high and he said, "I don't know what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about." <laughs> but I mean, I stand by that. I think it's true. I I have different favorite songs than. So just in a nutshell, we don't have to spend forever on "Let It Be," but what is the, is the song to be taken literally? Like, like um, that sometimes at the end of the day, the best thing is to let things go. I think it's a simple. Yeah. Well, I think there's a difference between letting something go and letting something be. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. No, I really do. Right, okay. uh, but that's. You know, you can ask my therapist about that. But I, I do think that he hit something real simple on the head um, in that there was there's no hidden meaning. He was able to clearly get a, a, a feeling across. He references his mom in the lyrics at the beginning. It's very sentimental. I mean, that those chords, when those chords start playing, I, I think I'm, I always feel like maybe this is the greatest song that I've ever heard. Really? It's a bold statement. I like it. Can I just say something? George, you may. George Devlin, your thoughts on so Let It Be. Mother Mary is to Mary totally McCartney. Totally coincidentally, right. um, earlier today I was watching a clip on my phone of uh, James Corbin um, had Paul McCartney in his car. Right. Kari karaoke carpool. Right. Um, carpool and karaoke. Paul was literally just this morning I was listening to him 
talk about the inspiration for the song. And obviously, when he was younger, there were hard times, and his mother, that was her advice. Let it be. So Let it be. That's it. Mother Mary. All right. Um, well then, thank you, George. Thank you, Adam. And um, we are up to, and this one's uh, one for me, but we're up to song number 13. Lucky 13. Oh, man. It hurts that it's only 13, but I'm glad it's me talking about this. Let's do that again from the beginning. There we go. Just let it sink in, boys. Now you, you listen. On, start talking about this whole song, thing please. is about playing favorites. So when it's your turn, you can play your favorite. Is this the? Who? I literally just played my favorite, actually. But um, so go ahead. You can. Dave, your thoughts. First can you turn down the music? Yes. I want to know your thoughts about on this song. <laughs> no. Oh, you do? Okay. Yes. Oh, uh, thank you. Um, so I guess when I was growing up, I was an Aerosmith fan and kind of caught on to you know, a lot of the hits and heard the song and thought it was, yeah, that's their ballad. That's their, that's their version of, you know, like Stairway to Heaven from Led Zeppelin and I'd rather listen to Walk This Way or Sweet Emotion. But over the years, just getting older and hearing this song and then hearing the way that people in popular culture have used it, um, you guys have already heard me talk about this, but it was it's, it, when ESPN did their recap Sports Century, they were recapping basically the last 100 years in sports and just put together a montage and happened to pick this song. And it sort of, it sort of brought out the um, full flavor of the song and what it was really about. And it was just like, um, life is fucking sad, but don't give up. Don't give up because it can be beautiful too. That's what, the song, that's what the song means to me. And so when I'm bummed, if I listen to the song, I, it's like you can have a cry and then you can also go fucking run through a wall because you're like so fired up. Um, they all, it was also used uh, at the, in the tail end of when the, sort of the epilogue uh, part of the movie Miracle about the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team, which I thought was pretty perfect also. And um, that's why I love this song. So, um, and, so and listen, I, I, I can be nitpicky and say it should be in the, in the top ten. Uh, a certain brother of mine gave it a one, and therefore it sits at number 13. Which However... Bro which brother? Um... Not Adam, yes, the oh. other one. <laughs> he who should not be named. <laughs> he will yeah. not okay. be named. Gotcha. All right, Mikey, do you have thoughts on this song? Go ahead. Pro oh, well actually, con, I yeah. wanted to know what you thought of Eminem using the chorus oh, yeah. in this rap song. Uh, you know I love Eminem. You know I love uh, we all the do. boy we from all the 313. Um, I, I certainly didn't mind it. I thought it was definitely a tribute. I, I, I don't think that isn't that doesn't happen to be an Eminem song that I dig, that he sort of took it and, and kicked it up a notch. Uh, I thought it was kind of just... You know, he took it and used it for what it was worth. I don't know. It, it, it didn't, to me, it wasn't like a brilliant fusion of uh, rock and hip hop, that particular song. Others have done it, and I don't think that hit, right. hit the nail on the head. I, I wasn't like pissed off about it or anything. But gotcha. You think? What do you think? No, well done. Let's oh. move on. Okay. Next song. <laughs> Can I do the, I, I want to I comment on the next song without even knowing what it How is. How do you, all right, that's fine. 
And then you might have to hand the microphone off to somebody, but um, what? we're up to number what? what? We're up to number twelve, and number twelve is uh, my favorite song. All right. Are you drinking Maker's Mark? Let's go. Are you drinking Maker's Mark? Are you in a ru- you have a date tonight? Are you in a rush to get someplace? All right. Out of this room. John, let's go. Hey, man. Here we go. We're making musical uh, history here. If you don't like it, then I I, I think it's great. John o- John O'Neill will uh, comment on this eventually, but Mikey, you can start it. Sure. Like for sure. And this is Unless uh, I have nothing to say. Th- I'm not even going to play the fanfare sound. In fact, we're going to go right into the song. Number, <laughs> what did I say? Number 12? Number 12. We're caught in a trap. Okay. I can't walk out. You think it's weird that it's... Adam Yaz is shaking his head in a little bit of disdain or confusion. But hold on. Mikey, is it... A, uh, you can talk, Mikey. Uh, well, I'm, yeah, I'm, well, I'm going to hand it off, but um, I, I'm big on when s- what songs trigger, what memory songs trigger when you hear them, right. right? Yeah. Almost every song on this list, almost every song, I immediately think of one moment in my life, which is great, because that's what I love about songs. D- different moments, right? Uh, of, not course. Okay, no. of course. Okay. Of course. I was. I was weird if it was all the same. I was moment, listening yeah. to all these songs at the same <laughs> moment. And went. In one moment, I lost my virginity. This, this I got reminds engaged. me of the I same <laughs> back seat. Oh my god. A lot happened. This and so every time uh, I heard this when I was young, because uh, our uncle John was a big Elvis fan, he used to play us yeah. all the Elvis tunes. Oh, so we're gonna hear from him. I always say I grew up on Elvis, Rush, and Barry Manilow because that's what. John, my brother, and my mother loved, so I had to right. hear, I hear him all the time. Yeah. Anyways, I was young when it came out, and I always thought it was about people who were like in this bear trap. What we're caught in a <laughs> trap? No, and uh, that, and every time I hear I it, I almost it. think the same thing. Like, yeah. oh, it's a big trap they're caught in. <laughs> but as far as a quality of song, it's sure, like Admiral it's great. Ackbar. I'm going to let John talk now. It's a trap. It's a trap. All right, John O'Neill is the Elvis aficionado in the house. Without further ado, John, your thoughts on Suspicious Minds and Elvis? I'm pretty sure I put this song at the very top of my list, or pretty close to that. It's difficult when you're a, a huge fan of a particular artist. Like, there's a lot of people here that are big fans of uh, Bruce and uh, different artists. So Elvis, to me, is one of my favorite artists. And would I have put this at the top, you know, 10 or top 20 of my own list? Yeah, I probably would have. I always liked the versions that he recorded later that were live versions, and the song was a little bit faster. Right. I like this song, but I like it when it's sped up, and usually that only happens when an artist is, you know, performing the song live in concert. What? This, he did the he he does it, the version he does in concert is it, it has this sort of grinding like crescendo. Cut in a track. Right. It's a very right. it's a very exciting song, yeah. and it was Elvis's last number one song. What's no, I didn't. What's great about the recording of this song is this was probably recorded during his best body of work before he died. So this, he recorded this in 69 at the American Studios in, um, in Memphis. And he recorded Don't Cry Daddy, In the Ghetto, just so many great, great, great songs. And... They all have that certain sound to them, right. and Suspicious Minds was the biggest hit out of all of them. So I always liked seeing him perform it, and I liked 
how he would take the song down, get really low, and then come back really fast. My favorite version of the song, for what it's worth, for anybody out there listening, is if you pick up an album called Elvis Live in Person at the International Hotel, there is a seven-minute, clock's in around seven minutes and 21 seconds, and it's not too fast, but it's not too slow. And that's all I have to say. John. Yes, I have, wait, hold on. One more question for you, John. What, <laughs> what is, so this song is not just, uh, you don't just love it because it's Elvis. It's one of your favorite Elvis songs. Well, you know what? And, yeah, it and, is. And also, as a second question, what is your favorite song? Well, you know what? But what we're talking about here is how all these songs, most of these songs, take us back to a certain place in time. This song doesn't do that for me. It doesn't okay, take okay. me back to it. But most of the music, like Mike said, that's what it does. It reminds me of a certain place, a certain girlfriend, a certain car, a certain summer. But this song just reminds me that I just love the 70s, the, the, the later part of his career, which, which is the part that, for better or for worse, always, I think, gets a little overlooked. But I always like his later years. You know, his, his they call them the Vegas years and that kind of stuff. So. Right. My favorite Elvis song? Yeah. It, it would probably be Burning Love. I love that yeah, song, Yeah, probably too. be Burning Love. Yeah. But Eric had something. John, two questions right, for you. you. <laughs> one, so the live version that you just mentioned, right, is that the one where he talks about ripping his pants? No, 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 that doesn't. No, I believe I believe that's, um, I think that's probably from the Aloha from it Hawaii. It is Suspicious Finds, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is, okay. yeah. yeah I, I, right. I have a distinct memory of that. And then yeah. the other, my other comment is, I know one of your favorite Bruce songs is Trapped, which is from a special <laughs> Christmas album. Yeah, yeah. And and, and I always oh, associate... Oh, actually, it's on We Are The World, right? Uh, it was a We Are The World. Yeah, it was a charity album. Yeah, that's It was right. just a one-off. Yeah, yeah. I always think of it trap. as Caught In A Trap. And so, yeah, I kind of thought of it as Springsteen's tribute on this album. I'm trapped. Yeah, that's a great because song. Right. Let's take a brief listen to the live version, the aforementioned live version. You can already tell it's faster, right? Why can't you see... Oh, what you doing to me? I wish you guys could see Elvis on my computer screen. He's so handsome. You know, you know what I like about the live version, John? Towards the end, you know the line when he says, You know I would never lie to you. In the live version, when he says that, he goes, Oh, not much. <laughs> so in this live version, I don't know if this is the sort of uh, seminal, iconic version, but he's got a full orchestra and a choir. And Elvis had this cool thing, like, when he wanted the band to pick up, he, like, just briefly turns backwards to his right and kind of motions his hands upward. He's like, come on now, come on now, come on. Well, <laughs> yeah, right. and, and, and you just played it. He always had fun with the lyrics. Like, he just said, what I know, and then he says, shove it up your nose. So, I mean, he always... Oh, really? Yeah, he just, he just sort of played it. Oh, my God. It. So, different live versions, he throws in different things, and... I think you know when you sing a song <laughs> yeah. every night all the time. Yeah, you got to do some shit. Probably get a little punchy, so yeah. Yeah. he has fun. With it, so. Yeah. Okay. What number was that, Dave? That was number uh, twelve, I believe. Hold on, or uh, that's yeah. that's fair. Yeah, number that's twelve. Fair. We're that's moving on to number eleven, and Mikey O'Neill. I got the mic. I hope you're ready. Let's oh, roll. he was ready to go. Um, I'm not even mad. It's <laughs> amazing. Uh, you're kind of a big deal. I'm sorry. You ate the I, whole wheel of cheese? I had uh, the song queued up. and Oh, here it is. Here it Number is. 11. Hmm. <laughs> 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 
Mikey, when you're ready, take it away. Don Henley, Boys of Summer. In this family, it's a classic because John did a kid a uh, summer video and he put this on. And how can you not think of that video when the song is played? Um, I think of Don Henley flipping Adam and his friend Jason off in the parking lot of the Walpole Mall. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> but the video itself with Don Henley standing in the standing out the window of the limo roof with the big screen in the back. You don't know that until the limo pulls away right, and yeah. you notice that he's in the back alley in L.A. Um, By the way, one of my favorite writers, uh, Bill Simmons, who most of you guys know, he wrote in one of his, his columns where he was just kind of scattered thoughts, he said, by the way, have you ever driven down the highway with the windows down with your sunglasses, dramatically singing the, the lyrics to the boys of summer? And then he dot, dot, dot. No, me neither. I've never done that. Exactly right. But <laughs> I want to let that. Adam comment on this song. Okay. Well, first of all, I think Suspicious Mind does minds does belong in the top 20. I take it It back. does. Oh, okay. It does. Change your mind? Okay. Because El any Elvis song belongs in the top 20. But moving on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I never identified with Don Henley's uh, solo career. I liked Dirty Laundry. Um, I, I was an e I'm an Eagles fan. I would take any Eagles song, any, over this any, song. any of the, you know, the obvious ones over this song. This is a this is a a good song. It's a, it's um, makes me think of a certain period of time for sure. I think of the video. I think of Cape Cod when we used to that you know '86 or whatever when it came out. '84, '84? No, really? Uh, anyone know off the top of the head? Otherwise, I'll look it up. Well, re regardless, it's it's a Henley was just be was getting into a groove where he figured out how to write songs on his own. Um, he was getting he was gaining confidence. He was starting to look cool in the videos rather than, you know. What was the guess on the year? Eight, I said eighty six. Eighty four. <laughs> wow, Johnny. Wow, I'm no, I won't question you again. <laughs> but that's that's my opinion. It, it's a good song, but wow. what number ten? I mean, come on. Really? Okay. Hey, Adam. Adam, I got to ask you this. While you we're talking about Don Henley, you said that you wouldn't put any of his stuff above any of the Eagles stuff. What about the end of the Innocence? To me, that's I, I look at that as almost like his best album. Great album. I mean, I'm generalizing. You sang that at, Eric, at Eric's course. wedding. You sang on at Eric's wedding in. Uh, in uh, Hawaii. No, let me correct myself. What you did was you started singing on the microphone, realized it was the first time you were drunk in front of your parents, and you said, this is the end of the innocence, Don Henley style. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, again, he's a, he's a gifted songwriter, um, but the, the romance of the Eagles is what I'm drawn to when it comes to Don Henley. So I, I will add a brief defense of the boys of summer and if Matt Yaz were here this is a positive Matt Yaz comment he would bust on me for my my theory which I think at the time he thought was stupid and now I think is stupid which was the boys of summer is the only classic song that came out of the 1980s now I made the statement in like 1989 or something so you didn't have the benefit of time and uh, my theory at the time was the 80s was dominated by a lot of sort of bubblegum music and like pop music and stuff that didn't have the ring of a classic. And to me, the Boys of Summer had the ring of a classic. Like you hear that opening little vibe, you hear that dun, 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 and you think, oh shit, this is a classic song. 
By the way, in the music video, those guys jumping in the air, are they playing volleyball or what the fuck are they doing? Does anybody know? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. I don't. Well, it, he borrowed Boys of Summer from a classic book ri written about baseball, but I don't think the song has anything to do with baseball. Unless I could be wrong. But. All right. Anyway, so should we move on? Moving on. Do you realize we're in the top ten? Top ten. The fucking top Song. ten. And George Devlin's going to kick it off. Guitar rock. As, as we... As we here it comes, man. We're in the top ten, and this song is number ten. Yesterday, as my brother would say, the Beatles again. All my troubles seem so far away. So this song was actually a Paul McCartney solo record. Okay, George is supposed to. Oh, sorry, George. Go ahead. Wait, is that true? Ad, Ad, Wait, hold on, hold on. Is that true? Adam, I, I, I want you to intro it because I saw. Listen, I saw Beatlemania. Okay, I missed the Beatles. I was, I was a kid. So by the time you're older than us, by the way. Yeah, I know I am. In fact, you're older when, than like all of us. When the thank you, thank you, Dave. <laughs> I'm just saying, Dave, Dave. I love you too. Um, by I the love you more. By George, the time sorry, the <laughs> by the time the Beatles broke up um, in '70, basically I was only 10 years old. So in the mid '70s, when I lived in New York, I went to see Beatlemania, which was huge. It was the first Beatlemania. It was the real Beatlemania that was in like '76, '77. And uh, all I remember is. When, when they came out to sing this song, Paul McCartney, you know, obviously not Paul, but the person playing Paul, sat on the edge of the stage and sang it. You couldn't hear a pin drop in the room. And from that moment on, this song has just resonated with me. You know, I haven't done the in-depth research that Jonas has done. So, but it's it's we still respect song. your opinion. Can, you. Wait, can we can we clear something up? Yes. Yes. Beatlemania was just. Like four jabronis pretending to be the Beatles. Yeah, correct? it was a tribute but, to but, the Beatles. But it was, oh, I just, I just but it was the to make first. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> it was the first. It kind of invented right. tribute bands. It was bands, the first though. time in my experience that I had even had any exposure to watching a facsimile band on stage. So, I mean, again, I want to put heavy emphasis on. I didn't. I was in. In you know, I was not cognizant at all until the mid '70s of the Beatles. That's all I need to say. I can't argue with that. Mm, Moving together. on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, we're up to number nine. And um, this is interesting because I, I, for me personally, I don't know what this song is doing here, but there are going to be at least three people in the room that vociferously disagree with me. Disagree. <laughs> More Maker's Mark, please. Disagree with me. As we proceed to, ladies and gentlemen... Song number nine. And again, I'm going to use this as an example of, go ahead, of uh, the way that my musical taste has evolved, in my opinion. By the way, Eric is supposed to talk about the song, not you. <laughs> can someone give Eric a microphone? Sorry. But you, Adam, you can talk, and then Eric will talk. Go ahead. It's the gummy bears talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be quick, Eric. I've allowed, in my elder years, I've allowed for bands that slip through the cracks um, to emerge in my consciousness in a way that's been very profound. One of which is 
is Joni Mitchell, and another is Rush. And mm -hmm. I'm truly appreciating the depth of Rush's catalog. And Tom Sawyer isn't just a song that represents their um, their mystique. It it very well could be their their greatest song. And that first note hits, you know what it is. Right. Getty Lee's voice. It's unmistakably Rush lyrics, from the beginning. That, Alex Larson's guitar. That mystical sound, whatever that is at the beginning, is unmistakably Rush. Incredible song. Sorry. Okay. Eric, right. I, I you had this number six, I think, didn't you? No, I don't think so. All right, well, you had it high. Whatever. Go ahead. Does this mic work? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess in honor of uh, Scotty, we'll talk about this song a little yeah, bit. Yeah, shout out to I probably have this as a five. Um, so agree with Adam's comments on Rush, um, and we were just talking about. I went back and listened to Permanent Waves recently, which came before this. Um, and my memory on this one was uh, a buddy of mine, his older brother, had bought this album, and he was like, "You guys have to listen." Dude, to you had this as a six. I did really. Yeah. Okay. Well done. All right. Really. Well done. All right. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, maybe not. <laughs> no, okay. I'm sorry. Scott. I'm sorry. You you have Scott. one coming. You I'm sorry. You have one coming up. Did you have a six? Yeah. Dave, Dave, can uh, we I'm audit firing this? my account right now. By can the way, the winner is La La Land. Oh, just kidding. No. Um, no, Eric, you have this as a five. Yeah, five. yeah. Five. That makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, anyway, great song. Um, Rush, uh, the subject of the movie I Love You, Man. Right? Yeah. So this is a bit of a tangent, but I love these movies that all have like a focus on a band. So like the the uh, kiss is the focus of uh, the movie Why Him? You guys, you guys seen that movie? Wait, are you serious? What's yeah. the name? What's the name of the movie? Why Him? With um, yeah, it's uh, uh, James Franco, and um, the, all of a sudden Kiss becomes more and more of a of a of a big player in the in the movie, and they show up in it. And anyway, well, yeah, they're in the movie. Yeah. So anyway, um, so good movie, good band, honor of Scott. Um, classic. Shout out to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame right. recently. I don't know what else to say about this song. But I, so I, I, I endorse the top ten you're, status. You're, <coughs> you're next also. So I have something to say. Go ahead. My brother, yeah. Scott O'Neill, being the biggest Rush fan, I told him that Tom Sawyer came in at number nine on the cousin list. Yeah. To which he replied, suck at Beatles. <laughs> so so that's a good thing. So, oh, my so God. So well done, Scott. Three Beatles songs, right? Yes. So. Wait a minute. Was this a calculated move to keep the Beatles out? Scott O'Neill's votes for number six. Uh, I'm sorry, for number uh, nine. What we just heard, Tom Sawyer, of course. He's going to do six because he's a huge Rush guy. Um, let me just look here. For the song yesterday by the Beatles, Scott recorded a two. Good but not great. For Let It Be by the Beatles, Scott recorded two. Good but not great. And for A Day in the Life by the Beatles, Scott recorded one doesn't belong on this list. Wow. We see you, Scott O'Neill. We see what you did, but you know what? God bless him. He made his mark on the uh, on the survey, right? Yeah. D Dave, before we move on, can yes. I just I want to sure, Ad Adam, if you think Rush is good, you should see Rush Mania. That's all I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> is there one? Well played. All right, Eric Clapper, keep the microphone or give the microphone back to Eric because as we move on. Because uh, Eric liked the last song, but he, he loved this song. As we move on to song number eight. Where's my fanfare? There it is. Ice, ice baby. 
You actually just scared. You actually just scared the shit out of me and made me think that I put on the Vanilla Ice song by mistake. Word to your mother. All right, Eric. Let's well, hear it. Under pressure. You had this as so, a number six. So speaking of which, uh, song number eight. You guys remember SNL with Dennis Miller as the uh, host on uh, the new segment. Uh, the episode. There's an episode where um, Vanilla, Vanilla Ice is the musical guest, and you know Dennis Miller would always play a song coming into his into his bit, right. and it was usually a classic rock song. So he plays this song under pressure at the time when Vanilla Ice's hit was, was big and being criticized. He plays it, and as soon as it kicks into Under Pressure, everybody claps and goes crazy because it was a slam on Vanilla Ice who was like 20 feet away and getting ready to sing his song. I never knew that. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah, was, was Vanilla Ice pissed? Yeah. He yeah. was, but yeah. But, you know, he, he had no microphone. He couldn't say anything at the time. So. Yeah, Anyways. and he fucking stole the song, so get over it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, well. Yeah, tell me about this song. I, and I'm sure Adam's going to have more to say because you're a bigger Bowie fan than I am and a bigger Queen fan than I am. But I, I had this up there. I think it's, I mean, I listened to it. We were talking about this earlier. I hear this sometimes, and I think this might be the best song ever yeah. produced, ever written, yeah. produced. It's just you can't, it's not formulaic. It, these guys are jumping in and out. They're singing with each other. It's uh, it, it surprises you. I never turn this song off. I always turn it up. And it's inspiring. Like, you want to stick around to the end because the end is the best part. Yeah. When, when the it, their voices start to rise and... And I forget the lyrics, but uh, yeah, going it's, back the, be- and it's forth. the best song of all time. Oh, it's a <laughs> bold it's the statement. There it you is. Had, you, had, you had one day when the two of these guys got in the studio together, David Bowie and Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury ultimately deferring to the, to the direction of Bowie. From what I understand, Bowie was very heavy-handed in the direction of the song. Regardless, the fact that there was no overthinking involved... Um, there's not a lot that you can latch on to in terms of what concept they're trying to establish throughout this song. I know it's, you know, love is a big thing, and but there's no, there's a lot of sort of mumbo-jumbo happening. It's yeah, it's, it, it's about concepts. It's not about necessarily specifics. There's a crescendo. Here it comes, the, yeah. The musicianship is incredible. It, it, it's a magic, it would, must have been such a magical day when they came up with this song and the energy that was in that room. And it's two of my most favorite musicians at of all time. Pretty much both at the height of their powers, pretty much. Um, although it was, you know, close to Freddie's farewell, but... Um, really? Yeah, I hear... No? All right, someone do the math, I don't know. No, it's, it's also actually sort of rare to have a solo artist and a band tag team. Although, as we were sitting here, I was thinking of... Um, Mick Jagger and Jackson 5 with State of Shock. <laughs> I actually and, loved that song. And it was Di- Michael Jackson, not Jackson 5, but yeah. No, I think it was. I think it was, it was, it was the Jackson. Was it the Jackson? It was the Jackson. Okay, yeah. okay. So it was a solo and a, and a group. Fair enough. As was Dire Straits with Sting, so with, with Money for Nothing. But but there's not a lot of those out there. Right. And they Hold tend, on a second. They tend to be great. Hold yeah, on one other comment. Freddie is so Freddie in his parts, and Bowie is so Bowie in yep. his parts. That's why it's so great. I don't, I, I don't mean to zing you, Adam, but if you think it's the greatest song of all time, why did you only give it a five and not I'm a six? I'm telling you, I, I didn't do a good job with this survey. Okay. <laughs> I'll admit that. I, okay. I did a poor job, in, and I think I might have been high at the time. <laughs> Look, I know we're talking about, I know we're talking well, about the music, Adam, but did you, ahead, like, did you like the music video? 
No, it's a collection of, of old footage. Yeah. I don't even remember the video. Yeah, I wish they had it's had a horrible, horrible music video. The only thing that they have well, out on the internet. It might feel different if I wasn't so heavily sedated right now. They have a, they have a video no. where they take You're David nice. Bowie's parts from Live Aid, the, uh. the one that he did with Annie Lennox, and then they throw Freddie's performance from some random Queen show. Because Queen did perform this on their tours. Eric is telling us there's an HBO show, which... Um, now we get the microphone. I'm, there's not much I have to say, other than I recently saw a whole Queen um, concert uh, that was just awesome. It was in the early 80s. It was, it was just after the song came what out. What network yeah. was that on? Yeah, it was... A, what's, this, what's the network that shows all the um, concerts? Axis? Uh, yeah, I think it was oh, Axis, okay. yeah. <laughs> I had the HBO sound effect queued up because I thought you said HBO. I'm going to play it anyway. I think I did, but... but HBO is a network that did not show this concert. Oh, okay. Well, glad we cleared that up. All right, John O'Neill is up next. Um, by the way, under pressure, doesn't it e doesn't even make you sort of melancholy now that Bowie's gone and you hear both of those pristine voices and they're both gone? It just and um, they both could still be around making good music. Like they weren't. Gonna, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, you're bringing me down, man. I know. I know. Or to be uh, more precise. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have that one. All right. I think we're up to number seven. Are we up to number seven? John, know how would you describe? I, I just—you got a look on your face just now. I, I, I was love, trying to interpret it. Yeah, what I, is it? I love this song so much. The first time I heard the song was Scotty brought this song to a family event, and I had never heard it before. And the first time I heard it, I loved the song. Yeah. I love the song. First, it's one of those few songs where they actually—I mean, if you have the radio in, it's a little bit different. But the one you're playing. You have about 60 seconds before you, before you even hear Axel. And that's kind of like balls. Like, it that's really like, is. That's like we're Guns N' Roses. We can yeah. do this if we want to. It yeah. really is. And I know Axel wrote the song with um, a girlfriend in mind. It happened to be one of the Everly brothers. I think one of the Everly brothers' daughter. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, I think it was. So she, wow. is, um, she is Sweet Child of Mine. I've used this song. You know, we all have different... Uh, hobby. So I've used this song in so many music videos, yeah. and it really just sets a great tone. Even though they are such a hard, kick-ass rock band, this is probably one of their more mellow tunes. I mean, you know, not 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 real mellow, but it's one of those songs. Yeah, mellow may not be the word, but it doesn't rock as hard in your Correct. face as yeah, a lot of their other songs. Rock. I agree. It's not, yeah. it's not like patience, but. It, and no, it was really, between, it was right? really my first entree into the band, and Appetite for Destruction is probably to this day one of my favorite albums of all time. I still think the best heavy metal album ever. It's one of the few albums you can actually listen to start to finish. Right. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And a lot of songs, I feel like I want to go back and listen. I get, that got me through college, and it was, and it usually wasn't. Um, Sweet Child of Mine that I loved the most or uh, Welcome to the Jungle, but like Mr. Brownstone and like My yeah. Michelle and all those really gritty yeah, yeah. songs. Like, I love that stuff. And if you, and if you like this song as much as I do, you should definitely 
listen to everyone covers stuff and there's a lot of covers but one of my favorite covers is a cover by Cheryl Crow of this song yeah it's pretty good it ended up on some soundtrack to some movie I'm not yeah. quite sure I think it was an Adam Sandler movie but it's a great version you can find it online so Touche great 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 song and you know don't don't listen to the single version always listen to the album version because it's Sweet Child of Mine came in very strong everyone had it at at least a four except for S Scott O'Neill had it at a three Really? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he was the one that brought what, it to what, my what? attention. That's really weird. What? <laughs> Actually, so Scott could have made this maybe what? number one if, if he had put a six on when it. I'm going to hand you guys out the voting, and there are all kinds of interesting things that could have happened if people went just one way or another because it was so close. But I'll add just one final note on this. And, uh, John, just on a personal note, you know, John O'Neill, lucky to have him here today, rock and roll aficionado, my rock and roll mentor. And I had uh, the opportunity to sort of repay a, a, a lifetime of rock and roll knowledge and guidance by taking uh, John to Guns N' Roses, uh, was that two summers ago, maybe? Awesome. And awesome. I called him up and I. I not in this lifetime, David. I that played, was it. not in this that's lifetime. That's right. That, right. That was the name of the tour because it was like not in this lifetime. They, they fucking rocked. Yeah. They, they brought it for two plus hours. And um, I remember calling you up and, and um, I kind of got the tickets last minute. And I said, John, this is going to sound weird, but you got to come to this meeting with me Wednesday night. And you're like, what are you talking about? And I go, I got a meeting with these two guys. They're named Axel and Slash. You have to come with me. And you kind of went, what? Oh my God, Dave! I'm cool. yeah, the, and we man I managed to score tickets in the pit, like right, oh, basically front row tickets. Best. Yeah. yeah, we were. Yeah. We were. I, I got sweat on yeah. myself from Axel. From yeah, Axel or Izzy awesome. or whatever. That was great. All right, John. Uh, I believe you can. Now hold on. Uh, we're up to number six and. Damn it, I need my glasses. Hold John, on, everybody. John, while Dave's doing that, do you really talk, agree talk. that that ticket was repayment of a lifetime of being a mentor from, just, for rock and roll? Just trying to really? be, I mean, that, trying that's to be pretty, poetic. That, that's a pretty easy payback. I, they, were, they were expensive fucking owed, tickets, so fuck off. He may owe me tickets to another concert. <laughs> it's, like, it's like $72. Hey, hey, what's the price for John being a oh, lifelong mentor? Front of row! Oh, that's about $72 plus a service charge, I think. Front row, motherfucker. All right, we're up to number six in it, and I have, uh, hold on a sec, please. Yeah, John O'Neill, you can keep the microphone for song number six. Hold it's good, because I was going to drop the mic, but I don't think You can drop the mic. Right? Song number six. song made the list and not another song from the album that we all know but it is just again so many songs are so overplayed but right. you shook me all night long which again was just a great song when it was the, i think it was the first single off the album but right. this is probably it's funny we just talked about appetite for destruction back in black is probably another perfect album from start to finish and What's what's fascinating about this is, if we, and we all sort of know it because we're all fans, the backstory in this band, this wasn't what you were expecting when 
Von Scott passed away. You really, yeah, this was a comeback really album. This was like a weird like really comeback thought, album. Well, a, so new much, lead, a new so lead much singer. So you know. Yeah, like with, with due respect to Sammy Hagar, it's not like yeah. Sammy Hagar came in and man, made Van Halen like twice as good. Like, and I love the fact that they were so open about their mourning for the guy yeah. that they had been spo- spent so much time with. And they buried him and they come back in black. It was... It was like a perfect story in the midst of a perfect storm and just a great, great, it is a classic. I'm hoping I put it down as a classic. Yeah, I think, I believe you did have this as a super classic. Uh, no, you had it as a five, but nevertheless. Scott, so, O'Neil, so, so, Scott O'Neill had this as a uh, super classic. Do you six, guys so. know, so, some songs from this album, there are Bon Scott versions of. This song, I'm not positive there is, but... Really? Might be shook me. Yeah. yeah. So, so if we could get an intern, Dave, to look. Yeah, into we'll that. look. Th- we'll look into that. The uh, cousin podcast intern. But wait, I'm sorry. Say again. So, Bonds so there, there are there are back in black album cuts that uh, you, were you, done you, done by Bon Scott. And you can hear Bon Scott singing yeah, on them. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> but, but did they? Cha- but back in black refers to. The mo- a moment after he died. Right? Yeah, so this might not be one, but I think shook. <laughs> no. As I said, it might not be. Right. But he but knew he was gonna die. But that shook me. I think is. I think there's a version of it with Bosco. Uh, Let's look into that. Interesting. Eric Clapper, you can keep the microphone for song numero five. Mikey, how do you say? HBO did not show that concert, and there's no version with Bon Scott singing. And also, you can't find, you cannot find this on Netflix. Just want to make that clear. All right, let's 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 get back to the point here, Eric. Um, we are in the top five. This is a, a, a I mean, yeah, come on, guys. Yeah. Top freaking five. Um, and Eric has the honors of talking about song number five. And that's not it. That's definitely not it. I hit the wrong button. But Eric has the honor of talking about song number five. Surprised? A little surprised. Thought my brother had trumped the Beatles. Excuse me. Well, this isn't the Beatles. Adam just pointed it out to me. Thank you. (laughs) By the way, Mikey, not the Beatles. Suck it, John Lennon, my brother would say. This is Beatlemania, actually. All right, Eric, you're in the pole position. So John Lennon, yeah, you had this I, as a super, a I, I super ha- vote. Yep. I had it as a five. I, I did not. Oh, you're right. Six. I'm sorry. Uh, but that's okay. Um, so only, I'm sorry. Just and then I'm gonna let you talk. I swear. But uh, Jeff Yaz had this as a six, but it scored very high across the board with everybody else. So there you go. So, Number five. Uh, interesting comparison earlier. You guys were talking about superstitious, uh, superstition by uh, Stevie Wonder, 13 year old. Religion, all that stuff. Same thing with this song, obviously. A little bit controversial with the, you know, imagine no countries, imagine no religion. But I love the lyrics. I love the song. I love everything about it. When it came out, um, I mean, when around the time, this wasn't one of those songs that uh, was released after his death. But a lot of us, like I was a kid at the time, 10, 11, when Lennon was killed. So got back into it. You know, and, yeah. you know a lot of his songs were released. Yeah. Some of the stuff. Well, that whole album, what was it called? Double something? Uh, uh, Double Fantasy? I realize realize that. I'm I'm lumping it in with the other songs. Yeah. I I like to jump back and forth between things that are confusing to to, to, (laughs) just conflate the conversation. (laughs) 
But uh, yeah, so I mean, all the you know, um, uh, watching the wheels go round around, all that stuff that came out right after he died. But then a lot of us that didn't really appreciate the earlier solo stuff got back into it after that. So this is one of my this is this is my favorite, probably my favorite Beatles solo song. With uh, due respect to spies like us, just kidding. Go ahead, Jonas. <laughs> Jonas, just no. I'll just um, basically follow up with what Eric said. Um, I, I I agree. It's um, there's there's a huge amount of meaning in the song, um, and the the piano refrain is just is 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 amazing, and it's it's hypnotic, and you just you it, it's so simple, but it's it's you know combined with 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 the lyrics, um, it just takes you, and George. the um, just telling George Devlin he's on deck for number four. <laughs> Go get a fucking get ready, microphone. George. Come Jeez. on. So, uh, um, I sort George, of you see what you did? You I broke Jonas's train of thought. I sort of lost. <laughs> it's, it's not a hard thing to do. Sorry, Jonas. But but, but ba basically, um, what's what's amazing about it is it's. It's just all Lennon. It's just Lennon from from his heart and his soul, and it's just his just a, a pure gem of of his genius. We actually um, got through that whole song and discussing it. It's a, it's a swift three minutes and seven seconds. Just saying. All right, that's yeah. all I have to say. Nicely done, Jonas. Uh, more Thanks. thoughts on Imagine? Adam Yaz or no? No. No. Good. No, it's it's great. Okay. <laughs> I got one. Oh, my my father-in-law would say that's the tree hugger's best song. That's <laughs> my father-in-law would say. Well, uh, that was the fifth song. We are into the top four. Can you stand it? Oh I guarantee you, one of these songs was is going to shock the hell out of you guys. That it's by the here. way, by the way, do we? I thought we only got three each. This is my fourth. Is it? Yes, it is. Well, Mazel Tov. I was no, kind of glad after the Beatlemania thing. No, I, I had not you down do this again. for <laughs> yesterday, and then I had you down for uh, more than a feeling, and that was all I had you down for. What else did you do? Oh, I feel like I did this three times. You did but it. Okay. No. Hey, um, who's the podcast producer here? Anyway, number... <laughs> number four. We figured out that this song is actually shorter than Cashmere. Is that what we figured out? It, it actually, this one comes in at eight minutes and two seconds. So it is technically shorter than Cashmere. Wow. But Led Zeppelin, do us a favor. Take your time. It's cool. We got eight minutes to spare. <laughs> All right. Stairway to Heaven, George. Your thoughts. You know, this is embarrassing. You know what this reminds me of? Have you guys, um, this is going to seem cryptic, but being there, the movie, Peter Sellers, yeah. Okay, so he didn't know anything about the world except for gardening, yet the president the of the United the movie, States right. brought ahead. him in, and whatever he said seemed seemed uh, wise. It was a great, yeah. great movie. So okay. you guys are so freaking articulate about music. Your knowledge base just blows me away. I'm just going to say that I love this song. It's a classic. Well, I, I really, I, I, can't, I can't be as articulate as you guys, but... Um, I must have. This is one of my super songs. Yeah, I think I think it was. Okay, it's well deserved. That's what I have to say. Very good. Uh, uh, oh, technically no, George. Technically no, George. You only had it at a five. 
In fact, nobody put this down with a number six. It just, it just, I think everybody agreed it was the lowest this got. Eh, did get a couple twos. In fact, I gave it a two, but if anyone wants to fight about me later about this. But I recognize Stairway to Heaven's place in rock and roll culture. I th- Adam I Yaska. Think it's, I think it's so connected with the concept of the, l- the greatest song lists that people feel yeah. compelled to make it number one. That's what I keep saying. It's like it's the New York Yankees. Uh, everybody says, oh, Yankees are the best. They always win. Like, sometimes they don't win. And it's a great song. They, you know, it's, it's uh, multifaceted, and it goes from here to there, and, and it's, it's wonderful. But I believe that people have put too much weight on, on that. Like, what are we, we're going to call the greatest song in the world something that has a million parts. It's got to be eight minutes long. Um, never I, a I single. Right. I don't. I don't think it was ever a single. No. It so was th- never released. Yeah. Oh, Again. so I mean, this this song had like a slow cult like development. I, what I remember about this song Cashmere was Cashmere wasn't either. I don't think. Yeah. So uh, we can't hear you, Eric. But what Eric said uh, so is what Eric said was. Right. <laughs> hold on. So, well-known fact, right? Uh, Led Zeppelin released very few songs. Album-oriented rock just started to play these songs. So, all, like, I think they released two songs, and that was it. But all these, but I mean, DJs just took it over, and like Led Zeppelin four, almost every song on this album was played, just like Boston's first album with more than a feeling. I have to say, in going back and looking at this and doing the voting. I, I've never loved this song, I, it, and it's it's almost like sort of a defiant thing. Like it was, for for years um, in the '70s and '80s, whenever there was a list, somebody already said it. I think when some w- w- whenever there was a list of the greatest rock songs, this was always number one. And I'm like, you know what? It's not that great. Like I get it. It sounds, but I, I there are like six Led Zeppelin songs I'd rather listen to more than this. And going back, I got to say, I. I've have a newfound appreciation for Led Zeppelin. They cranked out so many freaking songs that rock and and that rock and they're also poignant and catchy and everything. Mikey, you got right, something? Right. Yeah. Oh, except for this one, apparently. It's just not my favorite. So, that's all. Uh, I bought this vinyl album for four dollars from Marlboro City Hall Music because of peer pressure to get into the cla- this type of rock when I was young. Yeah. And it it was great. It paid off and. <laughs> It, it's so much. I mean, this is my opinion. So ahead, much yeah. better than all the other Led Zeppelin songs. Okay. Uh, so let's move on. Okay. <laughs> Mic drop, ladies and gentlemen. We are up to the top three. Can you fucking stand it? The top three. So, do you want me to tell you who the three speakers are that remain? Oh yeah. Should I just say them in order, or should I just go one by one? What should I do? No one cares. Okay. So I'll just tell you that Mikey's up next. Mikey is up with, okay. Excuse me, Robert Plant. Hey, great song. But we are. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do song number three. This this trumpet reminds me of the movie Aladdin. Song number three. Let's move on. Fantastic. Mikey. Yep. It's a, this is a shocker, isn't it? The third best song 
Uh, I love this song, but you go ahead, Mikey. Not a shocker. Oh, oh only to you. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> Um, I just had to ask. I had it at I, a I just five, had I mean. to ask Adam, what was the ACDC song that we played a couple songs ago? Because I thought it was this one. <laughs> no, we can rewind the tape, but this is ironic because I didn't say anything at, when it happened. But John O'Neill said, "I'm so glad Back in Black is the one that made the top ten, and not that. Uh, not you shook me all night long. Yes, he didn't and realize. So, okay, yeah. you know what's even? This is even funnier. I was Go ahead. while you guys were talking on the mics, I was telling Adam that. The ACDC song that was played earlier, I have a specific memory of being in the third grade Mrs. Murphy's class, and we had a Christmas party, and we bought gifts for other students, and my friend bought the 45 for my other friend, and he was so excited, he played it, yep. and I said, that's, that's the memory I have, <laughs> but it was of this song, it wasn't of the <laughs> other song, it wasn't of Back in Black, so I was like, holy shit. Well, that's that's the luxury of getting old. Your memories just change, and you can apply one for one, and you know whatever right. suits you at the time. Right. So this one, does anyone remember? No. Remember they came out with the video like years later, and they just like really oh, cheesed yeah. it up with yeah. this woman who had the biggest fake breasts in the world. Yeah. It was like, good lord. No one should do. I love that video. I did. Right. That video. I can't. What should we do? No, we we were just talking earlier. This is a parenthesis, but how the video for Piano Man sucked balls because it was just this this like hackneyed like attempt to explain all the characters mentioned in the song. And um, the other one I remember, uh, and then this one, of course. But, it, um, but the other one that was, that was half decent was Aerosmith. Did, did I remember Aerosmith did a music video for Sweet Emotion that was. Um, that was made years yeah. later as well. And, and, and not that, that really, bad. That was really good. Yeah, it was. It was. It, it, it imagined this like uh, goofy um, kid who was talking on a sex phone to to like some disembodied voice on the other side, pretending that he's an entertainment lawyer. And it was like his fantasy was the sweet emotion. But it was kind of cool. It was put together well. Hey, wait. That's a big parenthesis. Did, Sorry. Go ahead. Eric, Eric can you about mistakenly reference that false version of bon, with Bon Scott for <laughs> this song and not Back in Black? Well, you might have been right about this one. You might right. have been Didn't right. Didn't you say he this did a version be, called yeah. You Shook Me? Yeah. Or something? yeah. So actually, while, while, we, while you Good. keep talking, I'll look it up because the Bon Scott version, I'm pretty sure, is this one, Shook Me. But I'm pretty Which sure we all mistook uh, the Back in Black at some time when we were just talking about it as You Shook Me All Night Long. Just, I'm just saying. Well, they both have the same album. They're both, right. No, they're both great. And they're both yeah. on so a great so two, two in the top five, right, from one album? Is that was that number five? Uh, back back, back in black was number six. So ACDC in some six ways dominates this list. Right, two songs in the top. Where's, is six. does the intern have the uh, stats on that? Um, After like Cashmere being the longest song, is ACDC have the most songs top, in the top, top ten? We're gonna six crunch numbers later, album. Mikey. That the the stat analysis may end up being the same. Cl- clearly, it's Matt, all about Matt didn't do a one bomb on ACDC. Clearly, next podcast. All right, but um, that was great. <laughs> Let's move on. No, uh, oh, before sorry. we move, before we move on, a quick listen to it. This might be Granny or whatever. This is Bon Scott singing "You Shook Me All Night Long." Here we go. Thank you, Dave. You're welcome. You know what? Let's get past the intro. How cool is this? It's like basement tapes, right? So I think that almost means that they had written this, they were they were rehearsing it, yeah. and then he died. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And they rolled it into the to the new album. Yeah. Pretty cool. Which huh? is weird because we only think of of Brian Johnson. That's his name, right? Brian Johnson. Yes. Singing um, "You Shook Me." All right. We okay. So uh, Jonas Driscoll. Jonas. 
I can't stand it. Do you get? Does, does anybody? Don't don't say anything out loud. No spoilers. But I want to know if anyone has in their heads if they, if they're convinced they know what the top two are. One night in Bangkok <laughs> makes the hard man humble. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Infatuation. We. Jay Ferguson, the return of. Uh, we are up to. We are up to song number two. <laughs> Not a huge surprise, right? So, Hotel California, obviously, the Eagles. Jonas, take it away. Jonas is just staring um, into the microphone right now. He's gathering his thoughts. I, he does this. No, I, 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 do, I do think this was similar to what we were talking about before. Um, two, two, really, three geniuses at work, two guitar geniuses with Don Felder and Joe Walsh along with, along with the, um, the, the genius. Fry and Henley. Uh, 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 Henley and Fry were the main two uh, protagonists, right? What's that? Well, you, you and, and I think at the at the end, at the end of this song, the yeah. the um, the dueling guitars between between F Felder, Felder Felder and Walsh is is brilliant. I, I think in, in some ways this is, I mean I think this deserves to be there because I think in terms of the the, the writing and the guitar playing and just the production, it is, is there another it is many way unparalleled well, and it has a deep meaning too. That's it, Eric. We, we can get. What to do you have to say about this? <laughs> Uh, so Jonas, actually, one memory I have is we were trying to we were down the cave where we were kids we were trying to figure out what Kalidas was, warm smell of Kalidas. Yeah. Do you remember this? I remember talking a whole summer trying to figure out what. I remember, it was. Jo and Jonas's thought was uh, it's probably it's probably like the state flower of California or something <laughs> like that. But it, I think I think it's weed actually. I think Kalidas is. Somebody else told me it was a, a word describing like a mixture <laughs> of sweat and humidity or something. Am I completely off base? Yes. Okay, good. Do you want me to look up Kalidas? Yes. Does anybody know how to spell I, it? I, I believe there's a there's an audio of Bon Scott describing Kalidas. <laughs> no, he died before he finished it, and uh, Brian Johnson took over. Um, um, well, on WebMD, ulcerative colitis, the symptoms are um, for this inflammatory bowel disease. I don't think it's colitis. Oh, wait, I think I spelled it wrong. How do you spell it? C-O-L. Kalitas. Oh, Kalitas. Okay. Okay. But that bowel obstruction disease sounded really terrible. Um, according to uh, Wikipedia, it may be a word in the Spanish language meaning little tails, a slang term in Hispanic culture for the buttocks, or a slang term in Mexico for the buds of the cannabis plant. I think number go. three is our there winner. So, by the way, is there any is there any bit like were the were the Eagles not the sort of all star team of rock and roll? Like, is there any other like you guys? Some of you guys are bigger music fans than I, but I can't remember Traveling Wilburys, but they were a super group. Yeah, were, the Eagles was, a, were the Eagles a super group? Person? No, like no, because these guys like Henley and Fry, they weren't big on their own or with another right, group that's before. What I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, other than the, I guess the Beatles, well, the, all four of them, we think of as stars, but but the Eagles had at at times right, 
different cast of characters, right? But they had like five guys that you could Joe name Walsh. as all awesome. They, these guys Walsh, all had solo careers. Feld, yeah. Right, Walsh, Felder. And the, the kid they brought in at the... Souther, he was like... Uh, was that who I'm talking about? New Kid in Town? Who was that? Yeah, and... Smith. Uh, uh, I can't tell you why. Who sings that? Yeah, who's that? Smith? Timothy, Timothy B. Yeah. Schmidt. Right, yeah. right, right, right. They're like, oh, we got five singers. Let's get a sixth guy to... Yeah. Join the band. Go ahead, Adam, you got thoughts? No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he he did that song as a video. Again, I don't I don't know I don't know if I like it anymore <laughs> as much as I used to. I mean, I really? appreciate it for its decadence and it's it's you know who knows who knows why we picked what we picked. <laughs> um, they were a super group. Yeah, Walsh came in uh, a little bit later than the rest of them. Um, they were super talented. They were super driven. They were all of them were good songwriters had great voices. This song was about Los Angeles. It was about the... Yeah, what was it about? Because some people think it's about the devil. No, it's about California. It's about getting lost in the in the demon world of the business end of music and, um, you know, uh, losing your way and trying to keep your artistic integrity in light of all those things. Right. it's an amazing song. No, I, I gave it a I gave it a five. So when you I hear, it, I mean, it. I think everyone can at least live with it, right? Like when you hear I it, can you're like it, classic yeah. fucking song. By the way, did John, I know John, you want to speak next. This uh, example of the the super group that was the Eagles. This is not the number one song. This is just an example. There are stars in the sun. All right, you know what? This is not. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can do it. I don't that was not the best version. John, no. what were you going to say? Go ahead. You go. Oh, no. All I was going to add to it was it is, and we've mentioned this before, that is their signature song, and that is... No their, doubt. And that is their, their masterpiece. Yeah. Moth and I were in California about eight years ago, and we drove by the Hotel California. I just wanted to see it, you know, because, you know... Wait, there is a yeah, yeah. There hotel. is a hotel. Yeah, there is a hotel, California. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's uh, just outside Los Angeles. Yes, yeah, right down by the water. And so, but we drove by only because of um, oh well, that's uh, you know we we thought maybe that was the inspiration or right. had something to do with the song. And you know what? Who knows? The hotel had been there for a long time. It was there when they recorded the album. So the you know, the highway that you took to get there was it dark and was there a <laughs> desert? No, on either side. No, no, it wasn't like. No, what was the wind like flying no, through your hair? Like, I'm just no, curious. It wasn't like. Oh. It wasn't. It what wasn't did the, like. What did the air smell I like? I didn't. We didn't smell any weed in the <laughs> air. No, nothing mm-hmm. like that. Okay. But it is. It is probably the, the song that, at, at the end of our days, that's the song you're going to associate with the Eagles. No question. Yeah. 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 yeah and that's all. And then now I'll drop right. the mic. So there is a cardboard cutout out of all the Eagles on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. Not kidding. You can drive by it, and there's I like this there's cardboard cutout. Yeah. Of, um, it's the Eagles? Yeah, it's the Eagles. So you could mo- drive by and say, hey, they're standing on the corner in Winslow, Arizona. Arizona. Such a fine sight to see that. So did not make our top one. I know we're going to get really excited right now because we're up to number one, right? Yes. Would you like yeah. to guess? I am I, ready to rock out to this one because we all know what it is. It's appropriate. You know what it is. I don't think everybody knows what it it's is. It's so appropriate, and it let's is. roll. And you can hand the mic to my brother, Adam Yaz. It makes me very happy. I may hand Adam. it to him. I'm not sure. Please do. I'm waiting for you to... For, for many reasons. Play the Aladdin happy. trumpets. Here we go. 
to that. Actually, this sounds like the beginning of Davy and Goliath. We're finally here, kids. Song number one. Here we go. Oh, shh. Is this just fantasy? We thought it was brick in the, the another brick in the wall by Pink Floyd, the, which should have been those unborns. I don't spiel about defiance and what rock and roll stood for, but I'll change gears because this was also one of my well, super. Hold on, classes. that's okay. This is a discussion, and I will tell you. I'm surprised you didn't know this. Did anybody expect this song to be number one? Nobody's phrasing there. No. I'm not surprised at all. I. At all. Okay. So just for the record, um, actually, Comfortably Numb came in at number 23. Another Brick in the Wall came in at number 26. Okay. So. All right. So, so that was. Not like that. And by the way, like I said, all the. the what about these, Creep? Um, the th Let, John, let's, <laughs> let's talk about George later, John. All right. So. Okay, so Bohemian Rhapsody yes. by one of the greatest bands of all time. The thing that struck me about this being sort of a mainstream classic was the fact that the first verse deals with very dark uh, issues. You're talking about Mama I just killed, just killed him. Man. Yeah. I mean, and that's what that's what struck me so much about it in high school growing up. Um, I'm not sure how how much I appreciated this song, but as I got older and I started appreciating Queen and their whole catalog, this song, it had everything. It had melancholy, it had beauty in the piano. Um, again, it had that wonderful crescendo building into that final sort of Stairway to Heaven ending. Right. Um, so you think you can stop me and spit in my eye. And it was Freddie at his best. It was, I, I'll use this word again, it was majestic. It was very queen. It was a live track, even though they played the Mamma Mia's on a, on a tape when they did it live. It was bombastic. It was an arena rock song. It was the greatness of what, what arena rock stood for because yep. it took you somewhere else. It started you off somewhere very sweet and, and it's got to be the most creative rock song I can't imagine a much more creative, creative maybe with the apologies to the Beatles constructed yeah. uh, on the on the, the the middle piece it's a masterpiece it's and, a masterpiece. It's, and it's it an belongs epic, yeah. at number one and you know what it had a second life and that's what was so cool about it because you know of I mean? Wayne's World yeah because of Wayne's World and I it's mean, getting it a, well it's getting a third life now with the movie it hasn't come out yet I think has it come out yet no it has not by the way looks pretty good though I I just, has anyone else seen the, uh, I'm going to, Freddie, hold on a sec. Thank you. Um, has anyone seen the trailer for the Bohemian Rhapsody movie? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, uh, as soon, when I saw it in the theater, there are these few moments where you see a trailer and you're like, eh, maybe. And you're like, oh, that looks good. There are a few moments where what I did was, uh, to make a gesture, I grabbed a pocket full of any cash I had in my pocket, and I motioned toward the screen, and I said, just take my money. There's no way I'm not seeing this movie. <laughs> like, it could be $100. I'm going to put play the audio from the, uh, the trailer here. Hold on a sec. Thank you. 
I mean, tell me this doesn't get you fired up. Pretty good mashup of Queen signs, I can. I'm, I'm certainly going to see this, this movie. I was disappointed to hear. Are we going to listen to No, it? go ahead. No, we're done. Dialogue. <laughs> I was disappointed well, to hear line. that go the ahead. movie essentially ends after Live Aid. Um, they, they're they not including any of the uh, his, his, uh, his, a, the, his ailment and his sickness and him having AIDS. He, they, they, there's no mention of that at all. I, heard I feel like that's, yeah. an, that's an essential part of his story. And and who he was as a as a gay man who who didn't really come out until the day he died, until right. the day before he died. Um, so I have a little, I take issue yeah. with them kind of whitewashing it, and right. that was one of the reasons well, we haven't why seen Sasha the movie Baron, yet, So let's. Well, no, this is true. I, okay, uh, go ahead. I heard Sasha, the thing Sasha about Baron Sasha Baron Cohen. Cohen yeah. It, um, why did he back out? He backed out because they wanted to give a more whitewashed version of the story and take away some of these elements like like the fact that he had AIDS I mean come on that sucks you know what I just heard um, Sasha Baron Cohen I heard a podcast with AJ Benza who if you remember he's like a gossip guy in Hollywood he used to do that TV show um, I don't know he used to say fame's a bitch with uh, Hollywood mysteries with AJ Benza anyway I he, he's, he's like here's the, the dirt on the latest uh, the, on the Queen movie and his basic message was kind of what you said, that they switched directors. There was actually a director, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but he got bagged for some like indiscretion, maybe even like a Me Too-related kind of thing, and they had to switch directors. Sasha Baron Cohen backed out. People were so excited about Sasha Baron Cohen. I love this kid, uh, Molly Ramick or whatever. Rami Malek. Rami Malek from uh, I Love uh, Mr. Robot. He's got this... Um, sort of uh, f- almost freakish looking face which 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 kind of translates to Freddie pretty well but I heard this I I'm so I'm afraid now it's going to be a letdown of a movie and I'm that, that would be a shame I think it'll be a good movie okay Se- separate <laughs> question so so right. now that we know the full list so right. uh, question so the, yes. Be- the Beatles had three in the top 20 um, yeah maybe only one in the top 10 Queen inclusive of uh, the Bowie uh, uh, yeah, so we're not counting under pressure. So, so, so Queen versus ACDC. Well, ACDC, if we're just going on numbers, uh, ACDC's Two. got... You shook me all night long at number three. But why don't I I'll quickly run down the top 20, and then we'll do this business. Number uh, A tie for number 20, Cashmere, Led Zeppelin, I had the burp, sorry. Uh, Piano Man, Billy Joel. 19, Board to Run. 18, Baba O'Reilly, The Who. 18, uh, sorry, 17, Day in the Life. Um, Beatles, of course. 16, Superstition. Stevie Wonder, 15, More Than a Feeling, Boston, 14, Let It Be, Beatles, again, 13, Dream On, Aerosmith, 12, Yesterday, Beatles, again. Uh, no, sorry, I screwed that up. Um, uh, 11, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, actually, I have Dream On, okay, I was okay up until 13. Does this Thir- include Milty's vote, votes as well? No, it was hard because, like, from 8 to 13, like, it was a four-way tie, and the tiebreakers got complicated. So let me go back and... Repeat number 13 was indeed Dream On by Aerosmith. Number 12 was Suspicious Minds by Elvis Presley. Number 11 was Boys of Summer by Don Henley. Number 10 was Yesterday by The Beatles. 
Number nine was Tom Sawyer, Rush. Number eight, Under Pressure, Freddie Mercury and David Bowie. Number seven, Sweet Child of Mine, Guns N' Roses. Number six, Back in Black by ACDC. Number five, Imagine, John Lennon. Number four, Stay Where to Heaven, Led Zeppelin, their second entry in the top 20, I think, if you're keeping track. Number three, You Shook Me All Night Long, ACDC. Number two, Hotel California, The Eagles. Number one, Bohemian Rhapsody, Queen. So Queen technically only had one. I don't uh, remember. No, no, another, that, 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 oh, sorry, under, uh, under Pressure is a Queen David Bowie song. Sorry. Really? Under okay. Pressure is a Queen song. It's on okay. uh, an album called Hot Space. Okay. I'm cool with that. Would you like more information? Dave, <laughs> I, Dave I think it's a good list. It's a good list, uh, right? Boys of Summer is a little said, strange yeah. for me. But it's, is I, that the one you would pick as out of place? Yeah. Uh, but again, it's a good song, so I'm not going to you know, it, jump up and down. But it, is, it, doesn't, it doesn't belong, in my opinion, with those other songs. But all, right. all of those songs, in my opinion, besides that one, belongs in the top 20. Belong in the top 20. If I had to pick, does anyone else have nominations for ones that you, you think maybe doesn't belong in the top 20? I think it's a great list, too. I really like the list. My, my choice would probably be, much as I like the song, More Than a Feeling by Boston. I, I just think it's like a good song. I don't know if it belongs in the top 20 of all time. That would be my Stevie anyway, Wonder, my I would kick out. Ooh. I'd show him the door Ooh. and bring in Floyd. I can't believe Floyd's not represented in the top 20. Like I said, number 20, uh, as much as, I, as, much as I, disappointing. I heard what you said. Two so I understand <laughs> that they're in the two 20. songs. A in lot the top of bands 26. are in the top are in I think 20 to 30. Another brick in the wall. I guess comfortably because their songs the boat, just yeah. weren't maybe as good as the other songs. <laughs> I, just, I just can't believe. Uh, just, that could be uh, why, Eric. And w even with Matt voting, that Pink Floyd didn't make the top 20. Yeah, much as he with all those to kill ones all he threw at those other songs. I know. Good Lord. Brick in the wall, if you don't mind. Can, I, can you just tell me? Sure. Because I know Mike and I both gave it super classic status. Another brick <laughs> in the. Actually, you did. Actually, you did. Another brick in the wall, George, three. Uh, uh, Jeff, five. Scott, three. Scott, three. John, two. Sorry. Ah. Milt four no don't wait till you get to me. F Milt four, Matt five, Dave two, Adam oh. six. So it was all of you. Guys. Eric two. There we go. There's <laughs> everybody. Kel it really split. Yeah, it, it it's like There's a love everybody. hate thing, right? Kelly three, Mikey O five, and Jonas five. Oh, you so <laughs> should have been. Um, no, okay, okay. Round, rounding out, I'll I'll do. You want to hear like twenty through forty? <laughs> can we talk about no 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 no, no. can we talk about each one no no you want to hear 125 down through 21 no just no just like literally the list do you want to hear it yeah go ahead and then and then i'm going to give you the whole hundred we can talk later <laughs> offline uh so 20 we talked about through 21 22 Ameri just missing the top 20 american pie don mclean 23 i mentioned comfortably numb 24 jump by van halen 25, All My Love, Led Zeppelin. 26. Wow. Better than Cashmere. 26, Another Brick in the Wall. Um, 27, other than... Um, uh, I might be screwing this whole thing up, but, I, but uh, other than Stevie Wonder, the only sort of Motown presence on this page, number 27, can anybody guess? Marvin Gaye. Heard it through the grapevine? No, a little bit more modern, although this person is dead and a hero of Michael? yours. Michael, Billy, Billy G. G. Billy G. Number twenty-seven. That was on Epic Records, by the way. Oh, I I, I just meant sort of the Motown yeah. spirit. Sorry. We know what you meant. All right, whatever. He's black. <laughs> He's a former. Well, Motown he used to be black. Artist. He's a former Motown artist. Sorry, I'm being. <laughs> okay. right. I'm being He's splitting hairs or something. Uh, number 
28. Don't be cruel. Elvis Presley. Shout out John O'Neill. Number, number 29, probably the oldest song on the list. Johnny Be Good, Chuck Berry. Most people like it. Number 30, Brown Eyed Girl, Van Morrison. What the hell? Number 31, um, weird choice, I think, from this. Personally, from this band, I would have picked somebody else. But U2, Pride in the Name of Love, number 31. I'm just going to go to 40. How many Don't choices worry. were we given with U2 anyway? Not, not a lot. Never well, mind. anyone could have piped up, but, but you're right. 32, um, this is weird. Uh, who wants to guess? Entry number 32 is by a band. Some people would consider this the greatest rock and roll band of all time, and yet they only show up at number 32. Is it the Rolling song? Stones. Yeah. And the, and the song? Was sympathy, sympathy for the Devil? No. But St- what was it? Start Me Up? No. <laughs> no. Oh, Come um, on, the Stones. Satisfaction. Satisfaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 33, which might be the newest song in, I don't know, we can talk about this, but uh, 33, Smells Like Teen Spirit, Nirvana. 34, Sympathy for the Devil, Rolling Stones. So, Eric, you were very, very close. my favorite Stones song. 35, a little weird, The Doors only check in at number 35, Light My Fire by The Doors. 36, from the swamps of Jersey, no, not Bruce Springsteen, John Bon Jovi. Living on a Prayer, 36. 37, Changes, David Bowie. 38, The Beatles, Annoying Scott O'Neill Still, Hey Jude, number 38. Number 39, this is interesting. This is my favorite Stevie Wonder song, uh, but I'm surprised it snuck into the top 40. Sir Duke? No, I wish. Sir Duke is on here. Sir Duke is down at 44. And then rounding what's it? I wish. Um, And number 40, rounding out the top 40, I promise I'll read no more. Uh, British band, uh, I won't give you hints. No. Um, uh, Lola by the Kinks. Lola by the Kinks. Okay. You want to hear? You want me to go down to fifty, or sure. are we done? I'll go down to fifty, and that's it. Um, <laughs> more to edit. <laughs> yes. How you doing, George? How's Jonas. George doing? <laughs> yeah, I can't hear George. <laughs> George, give it to Jonas. What's the question? Go ahead, Jonas. Point of order. Oh, okay. Jonas, this is a live podcast. Right. <laughs> is 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 Layla on the list? Oh, good question. Because uh, I, yes. I, I always, I always thought. Oh, it is okay. Because I always, th- I'm surprised it w- actually wasn't on number the top twenty. Lola f- made you think about Layla. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it did actually. But songs about girls. Every, go because I Gloria. How I mean, about, you talk pictures of Lily. How, <laughs> Dave? You you mentioned about that? earlier how yes. like, you know through the '70s and '80s radio station like rock radio stations would make their own like top 100 rock song lists. Yes, and yes. like. Layla and was Stairway usually up to heaven. There. Was yes. th- it was always like one, two, one or two. Yes, agreed. Uh, I, yes, I remember. I remember being in the car with you actually when they were doing one of them. Yeah, and and you, I think like you got they got to three and you shut it off. You're like, oh, it's gonna be Stairway to Heaven or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. um, I'm, so I'm 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 I was sad that I was where, right. Yes, where so uh, great question, and you were right on track because Layla came in at number fifty-two, so not too far off. And Layla given new life with Goodfellas. I yes. Know. Only the second half of the song, but arguably the best part of the song. Yeah. Um, and that song is actually written uh, about Patty, who Eric Clapton stole away from George Harrison. And also uh, Charlie Brown's um, girlfriend, Peppermint Patty. Patty. Right? Yeah. Who's P- is Patty? Patty. <laughs> I forget her last name at the moment. But pa- Patty, yeah, Patty we, and, Patty and George. Oh, Peppermint. Peppermint Patty. Yeah, for sure. Uh, back on track, number 41, Johnny Cash, Ring of Fire, uh, worthy entry, right? Nashville. 
Peppermint Patty calls Charlie Brown sir. She does. No. Uh, no. That that. Uh, Marcy calls Peppermint Patty sir <laughs> because she is a lesbian, and we're all okay with that. Um, number forty-two. Number forty-two sticks out like something. It's it's a little unusual. Uh, Rio by Duran Duran. Number forty-two. Not unusual. All right, I'm just saying. Matt, he's, it, Matt gave that one a seven. Duran Duran. <laughs> he pushed all his chips into the middle for Rio. Number 43, uh, Worthy, Rocket Man, Elton John. A little weird that Elton John doesn't show up until uh, number 43, right? But uh, is. Worthy. Number 44, Sir Duke by Stevie Wonder, which uh, solid showing by Stevie Wonder. Three songs in the top 44. Nothing wrong with that. Um, this one, probably overdue. Number 45, Thunder Road, Bruce Springsteen. Number 46, We Are the Champions. Queen checks in again. Number 47, you'll be happy to hear that uh, Pink Floyd checks in again. Wish you were here. Number 48, quite possibly the only one. I was going to say one-hit wonder. Maybe it's not a one-hit wonder, but great song. 48, Africa by Toto. Oh, yeah, they had a couple other songs. Yeah, I know. I take it all back. Number 49, MJ checks in again. Don't stop till you get enough. And rounding out the top 50, the police, the most obvious guess would every be... Every breath you take. Every breath you take. And that rounds out the top Not 50. their best song, but here we go. Yeah, yeah. I can't find the applause. I'd like to thank uh, no one. You all did very little to contribute to this, but... Um, all right, thanks all. Are we having fun in Nashville? Li live from Nashville. <laughs> we are having fun. And in conclusion, I'd like to say nothing but. Um, so <laughs> thanks all. Cousins, it's about family, it's about music. Congratulations to Queen and to the family and friends of the departed Freddie Mercury for coming in number one, Bohemian Rhapsody. Just killed a man. Yeah, let's take you out with um, a little bit more of. We didn't even get to the opera part. Here it comes. Take it away, Adam. I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the bandango? Thunderbolts and lightning, very, very frightening. All right. Thanks, everybody. Cousins Podcast Top 50, Nashville. Don't worry, I'm turning their mics off now. Good night, everybody.